This is Radio Maria, and welcome to Pro Parent with Chiro Candia. Hello and welcome to Pro Parent, the program that promotes confident parenting with me, Chiro Candia. My mission? To provide parents with the tools and encouragement to become the best mothers and fathers God is calling them to be, fostering homes where children grow in character and virtue. Well, today I want to talk about technology and the impact it's having on family life. Just a, a few weeks before Christmas, my wife and I were travelling on a train to Scotland, and it was one of those perfect days with the sun shining bright and that Scottish countryside looking like something out of a, a storybook. But as we were sitting there taking in the rolling hills and that occasional glimpse of wildlife, I couldn't help notice a family of four who were sitting a few rows ahead of us who'd got onto the train just a few stops before Glasgow. And here was the thing, such a beautiful day, and as I say, the views were simply breathtaking, but that family, as soon as they got on, were completely engrossed in their phones. Perhaps instead of marvelling at the beauty outside their window, perhaps even chatting about what adventures might be awaiting them in Glasgow, all four of them were lost in their screens. Mum and Dad were not giving any kind of example. They were sitting there scrolling endlessly. For my wife and I, it was a, a bit of a stark reminder of how easy it is to miss life's simple pleasures hidden behind that screen. You may recall a political slogan that one of the big parties came up with a number of years ago. It's time for a change. <laughs> Pretty powerful stuff. And that slogan was meant to hit that spot where we all feel a bit unsatisfied with our lives and jobs and communities and perhaps even the world. Well, I'd like to resurrect that slogan in the context of technology and family life and say it's time for change. But here's the twist. The political campaign didn't really work. Why? Well, maybe because deep down we all know that change isn't always what it's cracked up to be. There's that old French saying, the more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> maybe the voters were just smarter than the politicians thought. They knew that if change couldn't happen very easily in their own family, street or jobs, how could politicians in London somehow change the world? Mahatma Gandhi once said, we must become the change we want to see in others. In other words, if change is going to be truly effective, then it needs to begin with each one of us. It needs to be from within. So how does all this impact on my technology slogan that it's time for a change within families? Well, if we are going to truly change the way our families interact with technology, then it's got to begin with mum and dad. It has to begin with us. I meet a lot of parents in the hubs that I run around the UK and Ireland. And what I detect in speaking to these parents is that deep down, we all know there needs to be change when it comes to our children's use of technology. 
Now, I hear parents all the time complaining about what their children are doing, worried about social media, cyberbullying, sleep disturbance. And sometimes I hear parents say, well, what can I do? Everyone else's children has this technology or my children are bored. And often the response is to give in, to let them be on their phones or tablets and let them play their video games. But as I say, deep down, we all recognize that change is necessary. We all recognize that technology isn't necessarily going to lead our children to be happy, virtuous individuals. A bit like sugary junk food, that it's not really going to fill us up. And in fact, it almost invariably leaves us wanting more. You know, I'm not anti-tech at all. I think there have been some wonderful advancements in recent years. I, for one, would not have completed my Panini World Cup sticker collection without eBay. (laughs) And what about Kindle? That ability to carry thousands of books in one tiny device. So many wonderful things we can say about technology and cutting edge science but at the same time if we're going to ensure that real change takes place in our families and that our families can thrive in this technological world then we need to be aware of the negative effects of this technology particularly on our children and before looking at one or two of these effects from a psychological perspective as a former headmaster I can see how children's thinking and their ability to research, for example, has changed enormously over the past decade. When I was growing up, if you wanted to carry out a project, it was a bit like being a deep sea diver. You'd have your title, you have your headings, and then, like that deep sea diver, you would immerse yourself in the world of encyclopedias, go deep and find the hidden treasures in order to bring them up to the surface, as it were. Whereas now many young people no longer have that deep dive mentality or mindset. Rather, they approach education or they approach research and knowledge generally a bit like a jet skier skimming along the the waves, as it were, never going deep into anything. And this superficial approach to knowledge and to education generally, I think, has impacted on the way young people interact with one another, how they communicate with each other, the kind of language that they use. And there's good reason why technology is able to hook young people to hook us. Basically, it gives us a reward for the actions that we carry out. So, for example, the likes on social media... They give us a a dopamine hit. Our hormones are involved. You may have come across the term nomophobia, which is a fear of being without your phone. And no phone means no dopamine hit. Deep down, we all want to feel connected. We want to feel safe, loved, understood. We need that physical connection. But... If our children are craving those dopamine hits by spending endless hours on their iPads or their Playstations, then 
that connection will no longer be possible. Just as an aside, make sure that you physically give your kids a hug, even the 15-year-old boy who perhaps gives the impression that he doesn't want to have that physical connection. Give him a hug. Tell your children that you love them a lot because in this craving for those dopamine hits, so many things have been turned upside down. And without that connection, how is it possible to create a strong identity or culture within a family where children, as I say, feel safe and loved? That the more disconnected they are from you as parents, the more they become connected with anyone and everyone who is on their screen. And your primary role as a parent to form them in values and morals becomes increasingly more difficult without that connection. Well, going back to that family I was telling you about earlier, travelling to Scotland, perhaps the parents might have stood up in the carriage and said, well, it's all well and good for you to think along those lines, but you don't recognise how strong-willed my children are and how low their attention span is. And the only way we can get through this journey is by giving them these phones. Well, I think it's we as parents who've conditioned our children to have low attention spans and that we, by giving in to some of these technologies, have unfortunately helped change the way our children's brains are wired up from very young, early ages. And therefore, we take some responsibility or a big responsibility for that. Really, modelling healthy tech use is probably the most important thing that we can do in this situation. And I think a survey was carried out a number of years ago where nearly half of school-aged children said that they felt their own parents were overly dependent on their smartphones. Nevertheless, I don't want to indulge in parent bashing. Now, this is probably the largest unregulated social experiment of our time. Usually we have a map for things, but when it comes to the smartphone in particular and all the technology that has come our way in the past decade, you know, we don't really have a map for all this. We're in, in new territory. So I think we need to be compassionate with ourselves as parents. We need to be compassionate with our children as they deal with all of this. But I do think, as parents, we need to act. We need to take our responsibilities in this area very seriously. And that if we are going to form strong family cultures with virtue at the heart of what we're trying to achieve, then it's important that we take next steps. And what are those steps in order to change things in our families? Remember, as I said earlier on, time for change. Well, step number one, we need to recognise that we are probably, as parents, too dependent on our phones. Step number two, that we model temperance, we model virtue in this area by recognising that our children are watching us and watching what we're doing and that we need to lead by example. We need to regulate our own emotions. We need to recognise 
the times when we're drawn to pick up our phone, when we are perhaps a little bit bored or we're feeling anxious, you know, whatever the reason might be, but to recognize those emotions when they come and to manage them. Next step along similar lines is to recognize that we can't multitask and that the phone will inhibit our cognitive ability to some extent. You know, some people kid themselves by saying that they can do lots of different things at the same time, but we can't. Let's be true to ourselves and recognize that when we try to multitask, this is having a big impact on our relationships and perhaps even on our work. So consider setting up a phone station, perhaps in the hallway of, of your home. We used to do this a number of years ago. We set up a, a kind of a little bit of a, a charging station and everybody had to leave their phone overnight on this charging table. So they weren't allowed to bring their phones into their bedrooms. That meant everybody was going to bed in order to read a little and then sleep. So important next step, have some house rules. Remember I keep talking to you about those family councils. Well, perhaps some of those rules in the family councils might be focused around technology, setting up a charging station, making sure that the phone is not brought into the bedrooms after a certain time, or ideally really not brought into the bedrooms at all. And these charging stations shouldn't be in areas where you spend a lot of time. So not in your study or living room or kitchen where perhaps you're going to be tempted to check on emails or on some social media and get that dopamine hit. As an aside, many people ask me, well, when's the best time to give your children a smartphone? And I often answer, well, you wouldn't give your child a Ferrari to drive on the roads without knowing how to drive that car properly in order to keep themselves safe and other people safe on the roads. And so I wouldn't be giving smartphones until the children are at least 15, 16, and only then by having had lots of conversations with them beforehand on how to use that Ferrari in a way that is sensible and responsible. Which really brings me to the last step that I want you to consider today, and that's having quality conversations with your children ahead of giving them the smartphone, and then once you've given it to them. And the heart of that conversation is, yes, a recognition that technology has many benefits for adults and for older children, but that this technology can also be overused, that this Ferrari, if not driven properly, can cause a great deal of harm to them and to those around them. So perhaps come up with some kind of family charter about how to use this technology. In those conversations with your kids, talk about how these charging stations are going to be used, or maybe these detox boxes, when the technology is going to be used, at what time, certainly not during family dinner times and so on. And as I say, to come up with a family charter about when the phones are going to be used and how. And in developing this family charter, perhaps watch the film Social Dilemma together. I thoroughly recommend this film. It really 
describes how the creators of these social media platforms, people like Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, raised their children tech-free. What is it that they knew that many of us haven't figured out yet? And during these conversations, respect your children's insights. They can have a lot of, of good insights into this whole area. You know, Remember the statistics where children feel that parents are overly dependent on the phone. Ask them about what is a reasonable amount of time on their phones, as I say, those older ones. Ask them about what is reasonable or not when it comes to use of social media. Open up that dialogue with them and you might be surprised by the conversations that you have with them. And as I say, come up with that charter, that family charter, which helps everyone within the family, including mum and dad, to set boundaries, to set limits, and that these boundaries and limits are there for the whole family, so that there isn't one set of rules for the parents, another set of rules for the children. These are we house rules. This is a we family charter. As part of that charter, look at controls that you can introduce. There are parental monitoring apps that you can install. You can look at your Wi-Fi settings, settings within the phones themselves. I mean, there are apps like Custodio or Covenant Eyes, uh, where you can get reports about where your children have been and where you can assess the risk. You know, all these are part of the discussion we need to have with our children. What I would strongly encourage, especially before giving them that smartphone is to say well look these measures have to be in place before you get the phone so that they become used to these sorts of limits and boundaries going back to a question that i posed in one of my earlier podcasts you know what kind of family do you want to be what kind of family do you want in 5 10 20 years from now keep that sense of identity that sense of culture create goals and charters which will nurture that vision and be prepared to be different be prepared to stand out as a family be brave be bold in developing these sorts of cultural practices and if you do all this then the slogan it's time for change is a real possibility that's all from me, Chiro Kandia, on today's episode of Pro Parent, the program that promotes confident parenting. Tune in same time next week. Goodbye. You've been listening to a podcast from one of Radio Maria's live programmes. We'd like to thank all our supporters who make our broadcasting available. It is only through your generous donations that we continue to be a Christian voice by your side.